Good evening, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in yet again. I want to talk today about some recent information that we received about our senators. And our senators, some of our senators, made a bunch of money by trading in their stocks, selling their stocks um, prior to the market crash when they got information regarding the virus. People are upset about that terrible, how could they, all those things, insider trading or whatever you want to call it. I got it. And it's bad. Agreed. But it really isn't uncommon at all. In fact, the wealthy, knowing that bad things are going to happen, and then somehow trading in on those bad things is the norm. There's actually something right now uh, that's it's been done so often that there's a term for it. Uh, it's called burning your book. This happened in 2008, happened in the last crash, happens every single crash. What happens is the people in the market will often see what's happening. They'll say, oh my God, the world's ending, things are bad. Average broker, for the sake of argument, has 100 clients. He or she has 10 clients who are their heavy hitters. They have maybe two, three, ten million dollars in assets, whatever the number is, depending upon the broker, and the 90% have a whole lot less. They literally tell the top 10, hey, the world's ending, they advise them to get out, they get into cash, whatever the case may be, they become liquid, as the saying is, become liquid, they gain cash, and they don't say anything to the other 90. The crash hits, then they get trashed, the 10 have all that money remaining, they're all liquid, now the 90 are in trouble, they're fire selling all their assets. What happens? The top 10 have all liquid. They purchase all those assets. Happens in the market all the time. Doesn't just happen in the stock market. Happens in real estate. Happens in cars. Happens in every asset you can think of. It happens all the time. It's the norm, right? It's the norm that what they do. This is the, the way, one of the ways, there's many, one of the ways that the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer. What winds up happening something like this is the wealthy know in advance, they become liquid. Then who gets hurt the worst? We're always concerned about the poor, and we should be concerned about the poor. But always, not actually in this case, I know it sounds crazy, but when a crash comes, people who are very poor actually aren't affected that badly because they're already very poor. They're still in a bad spot, and we should care about them, as always. But I'm saying... For this piece right now, when there's a crash or a downturn, the very poor are already very poor, right? So they aren't going much lower. They're already, many of them are usually on public assistance already, or they're already in public housing. So while they're, they'll get worse, not as worse. The people who are hurt the most, the working poor. The working poor are devastated. They are hit the worst more than the very poor. The middle class, devastated. Because when this happens, if you're very poor, you don't have a job. Or if you have a job, it's, it's a very small job and you can easily pick up more money here or there because your bills are lower because you're very poor. But when you're the working poor, you're trying to get out of that. You're working your best. You have a couple of things that matter to you, but not a lot. Maybe a nice car or maybe a decent house you've just been able to purchase or something like that. And when this comes and you lose it, you're done you're just done. That's when you get crushed. And you've got to sell that house or sell that home or get rid of that. Or what if you're a small business owner? 
just surviving. If you've been a small business owner, you know there are many times, particularly if you're just starting, to where you're actually making less than your employees. And some of you who've been through this, you know what I'm talking about, to where they're getting paid more than you are. And all of a sudden, now you let them go and you're not getting paid, but you have all the bills. So now what happens? You can't make your rent, so your company goes under, so your restaurant goes under, so your store goes under, they're gone. Well, what if you're a small landlord, middle class, you've bought a house and you've got an apartment that you're renting out downstairs that helps support the new house you built, or you bought a small commercial property someplace, you got a guy or gal paying rent, you can pay that mortgage, and all of a sudden that goes away because they can't pay. You're finished. You want to sell. You sell, sell, sell. Who do you sell to? You sell to someone who either the banks will give money to, the wealthy who have money, or someone who's liquid, the wealthy who have money. That is, again, how the wealthy scoop up all of the assets, whether they're physical assets, whether they're the stocks. doesn't matter. They scoop everything all up at cheap fire sale and make tons of money at the end. This is how it actually begins to work. This is how the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Everyone will scream and go, it's capitalism. That's what's destroying. No, it isn't. It's the boom and bust cycles and the broken bubbles that keep coming up because of the Federal Reserve. That's the actual reason why the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. One, the Federal Reserve. And two, the stock market is a casino. Those are the two reasons why that keeps happening again and again and again. And it's going to happen now. I'm asking you to look, to see, and watch that happen. You should be mad at the senators for doing that. Of course you should. But we're going to pick on them like they're the only guys doing it. No, it's systematic. They're the ones we happen to catch. It's systematic. It happens every single time. People who are wealthy get liquid fast. People who aren't wealthy have to sell their assets, whether they're homes or whatever the case may be, and the wealthy uh, pick it up. That's what actually happens. That's the truth. Now, the small business owner, well, you might say, well, the landlord gets killed because they can't pay rent. No, what winds up happening is franchises move in. And you saw that, by the way, if you look at the malls. Remember the malls when I was a kid in the 70s and 80s? Anyone could be in a mall, right? You could be Joe's Donut Shop. Boom. In the, uh, in the mall, you could be. In the mall. But remember, right before the mall started collapsing, only franchises were allowed in the malls. That's why those kiosks were set up. The kiosks were set up only for people who weren't part of franchises. So they give them a chance in the kiosk in the middle and they would take a cut of all of their revenue. That's how that worked to be able to kiosk. So the entrepreneur, the small entrepreneur got hammered. He, had to, he or she had to pay extra, was outside, couldn't solicit, and had to take, and they took a bunch of their, uh, of the, of their profits on top of it. They were hammered. It's gonna happen again. But now it's gonna be everywhere. You're going to watch the small business collapse and incomes a franchise. Not that franchises are bad. And, and people think that I'm anti-franchise often. I'm not. I love franchises. They're very valuable. They're very good for people to learn how to become entrepreneurs. They're amazing and important part of our economy. The problem is they're too big. They're an unnaturally big part of our economy. That's my only issue. They are an unnaturally big part of our economy and getting bigger because the small business owner is getting smashed. Okay, I've given you nothing but bad news. I know, but I've been talking about this for years. It's a little bit of I told you so. So how do we get around this? Well, we can. The future is absolutely entrepreneurship and the gig economy. 
So how do we make that happen? People right now are going to have to start retooling, rethinking, changing. Sadly, in our two most aggressively pro-government states, California and New York, we've been doing exactly the opposite. We have been pushing this idea of anti-gig economy, meaning people who take on small jobs to learn something new. That's how people learn new things, by taking on this job. They can't afford any more college. They've got $100,000 in debt. So they jump in and try something new. So they become this thing for a short period of time. This thing, they become a gig co- economy. Not just that, this small entrepreneur. The small entrepreneur can't afford to hire some talented guy or gal for $100,000, $200,000 a year. But they can afford to take them in short spurts as a contractor for a couple hundred bucks. And that contractor can take a bunch of people and spread their skill set out with many. That's the gig economy. That, by the way, was fueling our economy before this happened. That's why it's a crash. Those people all go away. I mean, so go to different people back and forth. They can't anymore. The economy's crashing. They can't do that anymore. So get rid of this concept of being anti-gig. Everyone must be an employee so everyone can have all the federal and state rights. You can do that. And what will you do? What you do is you will force not one in seven Americans to work for the government. It'll be one in four because that's the only jobs they'll be. And everyone else will be on public assistance. Because the jobs that are cheaper that people can handle won't exist because no one can afford to hire them except for big business and government. That's how it will work. This will this will make our recovery take 20 years. I'm not joking when I say that. That's not an exaggeration. Our recovery will take 20 years if we do that. I don't want that. We'll become stagnation. That's what Japan has become, stagnation. I don't want that. So we have to stop being anti-gig economy. You want to do a, a side hustle. You want to do an Uber. You want to do a... The, go do that thing. So you don't want to be anti-gig and you don't want to be so pro-employee. I know that sounds crazy. But if you're too pro-employee on your laws, less people hire employees. That's just how it works. If you don't allow people to be contractors, you'll have less jobs. Yes, be, to be sure, the people who have jobs will have better jobs. But the employment rate, unemployment rate is going to be 20% for perpetuity. We can't make that happen. So we have to make sure that we're, we're making sure that we're allowing people to have the gig economy and the contract economy. The making that shift and changing, right? The biggest part of our economy that was fueling it, another reason why it collapsed so quickly, is because so many millennials are in the gig economy and they don't have much ownership. They're not owning things. And many of them don't own homes or cars. They're renting everything. They're spending four bucks for a coffee. They're dropping cash entertainment left and right. That constant spend was getting our economy going. Well, they can't do that anymore. They have to stay home. That's another reason why our economy is collapsing. Let's reinvigorate that. So how do you, what do you focus on to make that happen? Well, I'll tell you. If you want to see what's actually happening, the things that I that I know are going to start working, you want to focus on jobs and work that are in basically three different sectors or two different kinds of sectors in general. Social replacement or social encouragement, one of those two, once this is over. So something like uh, apps that connect people, uh, uh, translation, uh, things that will get people to think differently. Skype and Zoom and this type of stuff, right? This type of thing that will kind of replace or enhance 
the social aspects that we're losing so we can connect better and reinvigorate business. Anything in that realm is going to be awesome. And the second thing, which kind of has two pieces, is protection. Whether that's security, cyber security, physical security, any of that. And the other one is health. You hit one of those three, oh my God, you got a shot moving forward. Whether that's helping them, supporting them, creating something for them, servicing them, insert thing here. You don't have to be in that field, but doing something supporting any of those three fields, now we're rock and rolling. But the focus on that. With that in mind, government has to not just be anti-gig and anti-pro uh, and not so pro-employment, but also government has got to look into licensing and turn almost all licensing into certifications. Let me explain what that means. Right now, for many jobs, you require a license. I get that. I hate most of them. But for me to get to the government to stop that is going to be virtually impossible. Lots of fees and fines, and it's a huge money grab. So why wouldn't they do it? Of course, right? And it's also a barrier to entry, all bad. Instead, turn all licensing into certifications. What does that mean? If I want a government certification to be a dog walker, you have to have that in New York, or to be a, um, a financial advisor even, even that, I mean, anything, to be any of these things that you want to be, instead of making a license, make it a certification, which means it's optional. So if I want to be a certified dog walker, or I want to be a certified uh, whatever the thing may be that I want, I can do that. I can pay the fees. I can make that happen. And I get a government stamp. Ladder Sharp is a certified dog walker. Well done, Ladder Sharp. You as the consumer decide, do you care if I'm a certified hair braider or not? As the consumer, you say, I'm not giving my daughter someone that's certified. Okay, your choice. I can still be an uncertified dog walker. You just won't pick me. You can go to only the certified one. What will that do? It allows local poor communities to start uncertified businesses and allows those local communities to trust each other, to build up that trust, to start growing and learning. And as they get better, maybe they'll go get certifications because they can afford it. It will allow people to be able to grow. Giving government still the ability to say, we still can decide what we think is certified and the consumer who trusts government can only go to government certified people, but others don't have to. It also allows the people not certified to charge less money which means people can still get a service even though it may not be the certified service, but it allows me the service and allows someone who's not certified to grow and be strong. It is basically an apprentice system, voluntary apprentice system, which is what we can create if we do that right. That'll get people back in action, get people hiring and, 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 and everything firing all over again. We can do that. We want the consumer to decide. It's a couple more things. We wanna look into, for you as an individual, I hate to say this, Look into government contracts. Yep, going to be a bunch of government contracts coming out now. You're going to see it. Tons of them. Government's going to be picking up where the private sector has collapsed. They have crushed the private sector. Someone's got to pick it up. Government's going to grow. I know it's going to suck, but I'm being forward. It's going to happen. As the government needs more stuff done, they physically can't do it. They're going to have to hire the private sector. You want to be in some of those fields, whatever that might be. Whatever you think the government's doing poorly, they're going to have to hire someone to do it. It's going to be government money, I know. But you got to live. You got to pay your bills. And you got to go out and hopefully start a business on your own. You don't need government. I hope that happens. But you got to survive first. So we should be looking for those government contracts. If you're that person who's out of work right now and struggling and you're going to be the person who gets crushed in the middle, you're not either the very poor or the very rich. You're going to get hammered. You might start looking at that. 
And the best case scenario, it's going to sound horrible, I'm telling you the truth, minority and woman-owned businesses, because there's always a quota system for government for that. So if you got a friend who's a minority, if you're not, a friend who's a woman, if you're not, you might want to start a partnership right about now. Good idea. Give them half the company right now, Suck getting certified, so you can get those government contracts. You're going to need them. I know it sounds horrible. I'm just telling you the truth. You've got to be able to move forward. If we can do that, we got a shot. And I'll give you the gamble of the whole thing. Here's the gamble. Cryptocurrency. There's going to have to be a way for us to trade in some way, shape, or form as the money starts going away to the wealthy and the poor. Cryptocurrency may not be a bad idea to start thinking about now. I don't know which ones. I'm not a huge crypto person. I'm just saying keeping that idea open is not a bad idea. Now, you might say, Larry, this sounds a little bit doom and gloom. It does because it's going to get bad. That's true. I want to be honest with you and forward with you. But there is a way around it. Look at what's happening. And to be forward, I'm not that mad at those senators who took advantage of it. They're, they're just part of a huge issue that people don't get. There's a second piece. I don't want you to be so... For those of you who are more liberty-minded, please don't be so angry at people who are begging government to come on in. Most of those people are afraid. They don't know any better. People want, you know, Newsom and Cuomo pres- to become president now because they've been such an awesome iron-fisted person. Please protect us. Please don't be mad at them. The people are scared. And to be forward, we in the Liberty Movement have not done a great job of getting out there and showing them that we have better ideas. Most of us have just been angry or just said, let the market rule or whatever. We've, we haven't been good at fixing that and we should be better. So please don't be angry at them. That's not really, you know, what we should be doing. We should be thinking, how do we fix ourselves? How do we make, uh, how do we make everything better for ourselves? How do, how do we act better um, to, to grow ourselves, right? I bring this up all the time. Many of us are spending a lot of time getting upset and you should get upset. Absolutely. But you have to grow yourself. If individually we are stronger, as a group, we are stronger. So I'm asking you all to think about this. Don't get so mad at the senators who made money. I mean, it's bad, obviously. It's bad and they're going to get punished or they won't. But whether they get punished or not isn't going to make your life better. Whether they let them go or take them out back and shoot them or anything in between is not going to make your life any better. That is an unnecessary distraction. It doesn't affect us at all. Instead, let's rock and roll inside. Let's fix ourselves. Watch that it's going to happen. That boom and bust cycle is going to happen. It's because of the Fed. It's because of the stock markets of casino. That's how it works. The wealthy win. The rest get burned. All I would ask you is, if you have a broker who burned you, you're not alone. If your 401k got destroyed, you're not alone. If you got hammered, you're not alone. When th- there's an old saying here, all uh, a rising tide rises all boats, uh, raises all boats. It does, but when the tide goes out, only the poor get trashed. Oh, sorry, that's true. Only the middle class get trashed. The very poor are fine. They're not in the stock market. It doesn't affect them at all. They don't really care. The very poor don't care, right? But the people in the middle who are trying to get ahead, they're the ones who get trashed. What happens is everyone wave comes up on a big wave. The rich people stay there. And the middle class is trashed. If you didn't jump up on that cliff before the crash came, you're going out with the rest. A lot of us are going through that right now. I'm letting you know that there is a way around it. It will be tough. We can work on it. Government has to help us out with the three things I mentioned again. 
not being so pro-employee with their laws, not being so anti-gig with their laws, turning all licensing into certifications. Um, that's a critical piece. And for you, focusing on some type of protection for you to be into, right? Something like that, or some type of social replacement. And of course, looking for government contracts. I know some of you libertarians get mad at that. I'm just going to get you to survive. Guys, I, I hope it's good that I'm going live more often. I hope I'm giving you some value and showing you that I'm paying attention and that there is some hope here. Um, I'll be on again probably tomorrow. I'm trying to go on every single day. I know some of you see me a couple times today. I hope that's good. I know you're at home. Some of you have nothing better to do. Some of you have a lot to do. Either way, thank you for watching. Uh, I will be talking to you guys very soon.